Hello and welcome to The Huddle. December 3, the schedule has dropped. December 3 announced as opening night of the new NBL season. And as we count down, we are making our way through all the NBL coaches. And today, Simon Mitchell, the man in charge of the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Mitch, um, how you going, mate? Thanks for joining me. No worries. Thanks for having me, Liam. It's an honour. <laughs> it's not an honour, but we'll, we'll, we'll plough on. It's an honour for me. Uh, you look, you're looking pretty good. You know, is uh, did the unqualified barber get his hands on you, Mitch Creek? No, he's. Uh, I'm actually due for a touch up. Um, I am one of Creaky's clients. I think I was number one, and um, I've, I've pledged loyalty to him uh, throughout. Haven't uh, haven't veered off with another pair of scissors since. So um, yeah, I am due because uh, it's first week of preseason. He actually hit me up early in the week and said, "Hey." Looks like you do, man. I'm like, yeah, but it's first week of preseason. We've got, you know, six tough sessions coming ahead. Got to look after your back because you've got to bend over and do it all that. I was like, we'll do your week two. So <laughs> next week, I'll get the uh, get the clip. I imagine he's been pretty popular, those clippers. I'm very, I'm enjoying the fact, it's, I've been, I've got to wear a cap now, but I'm enjoying the fact now I can actually style my hair like Pat Riley. Oh, really? Sleep back? We are at that point. We are so deep in the lockdown now. Um, can't wait for the barber to open up. Hey, before we start talking about this season, let's let's start by taking you back a little bit um, to the end of last season where you guys made the playoffs for um, in only the second year of your existence. Outstanding result. How close to a title do you feel you guys came? Uh, look, it's a, it's a really good question. It's something I'm still kind of struggling with um, in regards to how close or how far away we were. Um, obviously, you know, the glass half full is we were 20 minutes away. Um, but it was also a little bit of, and I haven't gone through the film of game three yet. I've watched patches of it and it's really just through um, doing individual stuff, but not as the game from start to finish. I want to save it. And when we get our full crew here, I want to watch it together with the team. Um, also want to watch game two with the team because I think there was a level of intensity and that we played at that I felt like it was the first time we were at a level that we need to be at to be a championship caliber team. And uh, I want to share those moments with the team. So I've held off on really going through those games to this point. Um, obviously, I went through game two before game three. But back to your question. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we faltered in that second half. Um, we had that lead, but that evaporated pretty quickly. And then it was the dogfight of the second half. And, uh, you know, it comes down to individual brilliant moments. And, uh, you know, we maybe lacked at times a little bit of composure. Um, we went a little bit insular. We would uh, really struggled to free guys up. Melbourne did a great job of, uh, you know, just locking down our perimeter game. And then it was left to the two-man game in the middle of the floor. And we just didn't get it done. Um, you know, it was, uh, we couldn't get to the free throw line. We couldn't, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that we struggled with. Um, but our toughness, our competitiveness, I thought we played at a level from that perspective where we honoured our uniform and our fan base and um, certainly something for us as a club to build upon. I, I know walking away from the playoffs was despite the tremendous disappointment, um, 
know, one, we were glad to go home, although it felt a little bit early. Um, but I know that we had reached a, a level as a club that we need to we need to build on that we need to bottle and harness and and that's got to be the baseline for us uh, moving forward. And we've talked about that this week as a group. And um, you know, I think there was a general consensus amongst the returning players that it was a bit unfinished business for us. You used the word build there a couple of times as you reflected on on that end to last season. And it's an interesting word because that's what you guys have been doing over not just the past two years, the past two seasons, but you and and Tommy and, and Rowan Short, the, the kind of uh, key members of the organisation right from day dot for really three years have been building something. Over the course of those, those three years or so, all the things that you've built on and off the floor as a club, what, what's the one thing you feel most proud of? I think the the people that we've allowed into the organisation um, have been, and across the board, I'm not just talking about our playing personnel, talking about uh, everyone on our front office who we miss dearly. Like we actually have had very little contact with our, with our own um, workmates for over a year now, um, outside of email and some Zoom calls and a uh, not so memorable trip to Miss Frankie back at the start of COVID. <laughs> but it's, um, but I feel like um, our front office and our basketball, our performance side have done a tremendous job of bringing in really high caliber characters, um, high caliber people that has set this club up moving forward. Um, and I think that's probably the thing I'm most proud of. I think, I think our people, our fan base, our membership, which is, you know, it was, it was just came out yesterday that we've already recorded the most members we've ever had. Um, and we've just opened up pre-season. Um, I think they recognize that. Um, and I think, you know, there's a real lunch pail, hard hat sort of um, way about the way we go as a club. I wish we were more in the community. I really miss that side of things. Um, you know, that was really part of a huge part of our first season. And we've, we've lost that because of COVID. And I'm really hoping this year with, um, you know, the new parameters around, you know, not so much about numbers of, of cases, but more numbers of, of vaccinations that, that we can get some sort of return into the community. Cause I, I feel like we really miss the people of the Southeast. You let's look forward now um, in terms of this season. How, how do you feel? And I know you put in, no, nobody puts in more work than you do as far as recruiting. You know, Tommy gets a lot of credit in terms of the recruiting that Southeast Melbourne does. But when you chat with, when I chat with him, he deflects a lot of it to you and says, man, Simon puts in so much work going through potential recruits. How would you assess the off season that you guys have had in terms of recruiting and constructing this year's roster? Yeah, um, it's probably been the most difficult professional period of my life in any um, in any uh, job position. Uh, it's been a really difficult off season. Obviously, signing um, Zach early um, was great, and I mean, returning seven guys for starters—that's fantastic for us. Um, that that's been a really good to have that continuity. Um, and bring Dane Pinot back into the fold being great. Um, but it's been a really difficult process. Um, 
lo losing Zach was um, heartbreaking because um, it was such a such a great get. He was such a good fit for us. Um, we we really not struggled with getting a point guard. We just it was we were so wrapped to get Xavier, um, and but the process of going through that was really difficult. There was a lot of really great players that we looked at. Um, and, but he was the best fit, but just the, the hours, the hundreds of hours of film. Um, I'm very pedantic about that. Um, but now having to go back to the drawing board after that, um, and, and with the, the situation that we're in and, uh, other clubs I'm sure have experienced it as well um, with the change in timings, the change in dates, the NBA coming for all these sorts of things. Um, we, we, you know, we're in a good position right now though. I'm glad things are starting to open up. Um, but yeah, it's been a really difficult process this year. There seems, especially with bigs, there seemed to have been a real shortfall of, uh, you know, capable big men. Um, that we feel could help our franchise. So we've just said, no, we're going to wait until we find one. And but obviously then Joe Chi fell out of the sky for us. Um, and, and that was just like, that came from nowhere for us. And uh, and we're just incredibly excited um, about him joining us um, from, on so many levels. One, he's just a great basketball player. I mean, you listen to Gorge talk about him and people have had anything to do with him. Everything's just really positive. Um, and what we see, obviously, from a skill set standpoint, he's, he's going to bring a lot of things that we need. He's going to cover up a few deficiencies that we've had, um, but also thrive in what we're all about. Um, but also the excitement about having a Chinese national team player and the potential to, to tap into a new community um, and really open. I mean, we've got such a huge Chinese community in Melbourne, um, in the southeast of Melbourne as well, especially um, and just to be able to engage with those people and, and have them sharing an experience with us is going to be awesome. So um, whilst it's been really hard work, um, it's also brought some amazing rewards with um, with Joe and and with um, X and, uh, and, and Tohi um, joining us as well. Um, so yeah, we're really excited. Just got to finish we're, it off, man. <laughs> yeah, you do. You've got one more piece to, to put in place. Where are things at? With, with that one, you're looking for someone in the front court to, to fit in there with Creaky and Jochi, Dane and Tohi. Where's that at right now? Yeah, it's close. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're right there to, you know, to, to finishing this thing off. And I'm glad we, we took, I'm glad we were ultra patient to this point. Like there was times where I was like, ah, oh, maybe settle on somebody. Um, and, and we didn't. It's like, no, we got to get that guy um, that's going to fit for, fit us culturally and as well as um, as the skill sets that he brings. So we're, we're, we're excited. Hopefully we'll have something real soon. Okay. okay. How many names are left on the whiteboard? Uh, it's actually growing. It's supposed to get I know it's supposed to get to that. It's supposed to get smaller. Um, but I mean, you know, like there's guys that are coming, falling out of the NBA tree right now that, that, are, mm -hmm. that you got to add to the whiteboard and just sort of dip the toe in the water. Ask the question, man. He's got to ask the question. And <laughs> and we're, we're at that point right now. But we've got it down to, to probably four or five names that we're, we're really keen on. You spoke about Xavier Mudford there before there's been a yep. lot of buzz about uh some of the import signings around the league guys like peyton siva 
Jalen Adams in Sydney. Are people sleeping a little on oh. Munford and, and what he's going to bring this season? Yeah, well, I don't know what the where, where the buzz is at and who's it's following. But the, firstly, those two players that you mentioned, uh, Peyton and Jalen, are wonderful players. Like I've spent, um, I think I've seen just about every game Jalen Adams has played in, um, including St. Bonnie stuff. I, I mean, I love him as a player. He's really good, dynamic, can score in so many ways. Passes beautifully out of pick and roll. He's fantastic. Peyton Sieve has obviously been a Euroleague star for so many years, and, and people are very familiar with his game in Australia. And I mean, his his on court leadership, his ability to get up and in defensively, and uh, and and his ability to create for others is just you know second to none. So both those guys are going to be fantastic in our league. Um, but I'm pretty excited about my guy. You know, like uh, we we were probably looking at someone more like X last year. Um, but it wasn't the time. Um, one of the things we put a lot of, um, well, I put a lot of, uh, and so does Tommy. Uh, we put a lot of, a lot of input. Or we, we really respect the guys who have had fever experience. And although Xavier had his short time at Barca, it was, it was, it was more, you know, he hadn't played the international. He'd been mostly G league, which is fine. It's good. Um, but it's a different game. You know, those keyways are a little wide, more wide open with the defensive three-second rule. And sometimes you can see the guys who can get things done at that level go over internationally and all of a sudden the court's a little, you know, it's a little tighter and, and they're not as good a player. Um, the game doesn't tra translate to, to international basketball. But we've seen from X now um, with his stint in Turkey last year that he's a really high-level FIBA guy. Um, and just he's been great this week. Like, we're pretty excited, like, he scores at three levels. He's got major float game. He can peel it off the dribble. He's got really good pocket passing. And the thing I love is just his length at the defensive end. He's troubling guys there. And that's been really, um, we knew it was in him, um, but it's been really head turner this first week of practice. You're heading into year three as an NBL head coach, obviously a long career as an assistant, a couple of championships. I mean, you, this, you're living the dream, really. I mean, this is what you worked so hard for for such a long time. Are you, are you enjoying it? I mean, amidst all the hard work and the stress, you said it was such a stressful, difficult off-season in terms of recruiting and the, the difficulties of COVID not being in the community, but are you loving the life of being an NBL head coach? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I, just, I love my life as an assistant coach as well. Um, it's a great organization to be part of the NBL. Um, and I was really privileged to be a part of a great organization at Melbourne United and work with the Vince Crevallis, the Dean Vickermans, the Mike Callies and Chris Goldings and Dave Anderson, the Barlows. I mean, the names go on. Like, But I, the what we've been able to do here at Southeast Melbourne um, and working so close with Tommy and Rowan and uh, Eric Hollingsworth and my assistant coaches here, it's just been like you couldn't dream it. It's just such a, an amazing experience to build something from the ground up. And uh, it's not without its challenges at all, but, um, you know, you get caught up in it at times, um, but every now and then you've got to kick back and say, man, you know, how, what, what's going on? <laughs> how did this happen? You know, where did you get, how we get to this point? And, um, you know, it's a real enjoyable experience. And I guess um, with what we've been going through in Victoria for the last, uh, you know, 18 months to two years now, or close to in on two years, is just how freaking fortunate we are. Um, you know, like a lot of people in our home state and in our community are doing it so tough. 
And, um, you know, we're really privileged and you should never lose sight of that's how lucky we are. Uh, you spoke about how much you, you enjoyed working at Melbourne United and with Vico and all the people associated there. I'm wondering whether they might be the answer to this question. On whose home court do you enjoy winning the most? Uh, well, that's, they're our home court. So whether we're there as visitors or not, it's our gym. Bad luck to them. They're Is that so, right? They're, they're, they can rent office. Um, no. Um, look, I think as always going into Perth, there's something special about coming out with a win. Um, the travel home or the travel to wherever you've got to go to afterwards. Um, and, you know, some of my most enjoyable wins in whatever carnation in my career I've been able to get over there and come home with, it, the wins are always highly memorable. Um, but some of the losses sort of sit with you too. Coming out mm. of Perth, you know, like I can remember, remember losing by 40 um, in that gym as well. But, you know, the win that we had there last year was a lot of fun. Uh, even the circumstances that led to it, you know, it kind of took a little bit of gloss or a little perspective of, oh, okay, that was a lucky win. But we fought our asses off to be in a position to win. Maybe the the Jesse Wagstaff layup um, that, that popped out um, was was fortuitous for us, but man, we had to play some good ball to be in a position. Um, and you got to fight like, you know, nothing's going in your favor in that gym. Um, so, you know, you've earned your win when you come out of there. The other thing is like funky stuff always happens there. And so if it happens in your favor once in a blue moon, so be it. And a lot of funky stuff work against me in Perth. So yeah. <laughs> um, the last, the last two years, well, I say the last two years, it's been the first two years for the club, but you, you guys in each of those two seasons have been one of the top ranked offensive teams in the league as far as offensive efficiency, um, but in the, the bottom half for defensive efficiency, right down the bottom two, I think, in, in year one, took a big step forwards last year. And as a result, you can see in the results, you're one game away from a grand final appearance. But, but how do you guys take that next step defensively is it is it you as a coach and what you're implementing is it the personnel is it just building on what you've done from last year how do you take that step like it's a it's a combination of all of them um firstly you always have a good hard look at yourself after everything that you do now it wasn't surprising to us after year one or during the course of year one that we were going to have a few issues at that end of the floor um, we weren't the longest team. We weren't the most athletic team. Um, we had a little bit of age on the list, and it was kind of like, hmm, okay, this could be, this could be, um, you know, we could find some trouble here. But we'll coach our asses off to the best of our abilities and try and get funky with some stuff if we have to, and and do the best we could. Um, and you know, like it, it wasn't good enough at the end. You know, we we, we went on that losing streak towards. You know, I think we lost our last eight games of the season. I mean, we kept in most games, and in those eight games, we probably could have won four or five of them. Um, but defensively, it was always just a let up. So we go through all the film and reassess where we're at, where are our weaknesses. We were a bad defensive transition team that first year. Way too many uh, chances we took in the backcourt, reaching in, uh, things like that. So year two, we're like, okay, that's going to be the goal is that we become a good defensive transition team, put plenty of work into it 
And we did. Um, the numbers show that we were one of the better defensive transition teams last year. But we leak a little bit in the pick and roll. We're not that great in the post. And what do we got to do to get better in those areas? So we, we keep looking for ways to get better. Um, and you mentioned our offense and, and, and going through the offensive efficiencies. If you get on synergy, I mean, we, we're like number one or two in just about every single category, but we stink at cutting, you know, finishing off the cut. Um, and, you know, there's, there's, there's one or two other areas and we're like, well, we can get better there as well. So we're constantly assessing ourselves. Um, we have great robust discussions as a coaching group. Um, you know, one of the things we've really built from a cultural standpoint here is just our ability to be honest and call it the way we see it and not take it, you know, as an offense or an affront from the people you work with that it's just about, hey, if I'm gonna call you out and I don't think you're doing the job right, it's gonna be because I need you to be better and I want you to be better. And because you, we think you can be better, you know, like that's gonna help you, whatever your position is at the club as well. And it comes from the players, it's a two-way street with that. And and so we're pretty pretty honest and we have some robust discussions in, the, in our, in our um, offices about you know, what we need to do to be better. So going into year three, um, you know, one of the things, even year two and year three is that personnel, we're trying to get longer, we're trying to be more athletic up front. And, um, you know, we certainly have done that with Joe Chi. Um, you know, I feel like we've done that also with X coming in. And, and Kiefer was a great defender, don't get me wrong, but, you know, you're fighting over a pick and you need a side contest. Um, you know, now we've got a little bit more length again on those. So, um and yeah, we've assessed ourselves as coaches and what we need to do better as well. Um, and hopefully, um, you know, we've got some pretty lofty goals on what we want to achieve defensively this year. What about those goals overall? You guys laid the foundations in year one, got off to a great start, won on that opening night. And then you mentioned how it tailed off towards the end of the season, but you had something to build from. Last year, a playoff appearance in your second year. What, what does success look like do you think for southeast melbourne this season uh well certainly a trophy in the cabinet would be welcome um and that is primarily our goal um you know we haven't turned over our list you know last year and it's like we built a little bit of a core in year one but we still had brought four starters in um for year two now this year we're going to be bringing in a real deep core that re-signed players who have been in the system and it's the one thing that we've really noticed in this off season and, and just in the, the off season and now the preseason that started is just what we've been building is now who these guys are. I mean, these guys have become the player. Like we're trying to implement a style and you just throw all the ball out to these guys now and they just become that style. You don't give them instruction. They just perform on both sides of the ball what we've been teaching. It become natural. And, and that's, you know, you look at the great teams throughout the years that have been able to continuously um, go back to contending with the New Zealand Breakers and the, and the uh, Perth Wildcats. And going back even further, um, when you go to the Southeast Melbourne Magic, who are always there competing and the Tigers were there for a while, they had systems that those players playing together for all those years and the core players and the systems that they were involved in, it just came out as to who they were and, and part of their persona. And, and I feel like we're starting to build heavily into that. Um, we've spent the first two years really implementing and we maybe we were a little bit, um, like we had pretty lofty dreams coming in, um, in year one and certainly last year 
and maybe we, we shot a little high, um, but we're going to continue to shoot high. And if we fall a little short, then we'll continue to just find ways to get better. Well, you're going to have your first chance to kind of put all that into action a little bit. We're recording this on Thursday afternoon, October 14th. The news of the Blitz has just dropped. Preseason games around the corner. To finish off, what's your, what's your take on the layout of the land for the Blitz and, and your feeling about getting out on the floor and getting amongst it? I'm going to be honest, um, you know, I'm not the biggest uh, social media guy, so I haven't checked out on what's going on with uh -huh. the just at this point in the afternoon. Um, even though it's late in the afternoon, we've been pretty heavy with our training this morning and then uh, video evaluations. We had the players in for another session this afternoon. And um, yeah, so I haven't sat down and caught up exactly okay. what's the... Well, you you guys, Melbourne, Sydney, Illawarra. Victoria, All the dirty boys, Wales. huh? <laughs> <laughs> Playing it out. You guys amongst each other in, in, in the Blitz and then everyone else down in Tassie getting amongst it. Right. Where are we playing at? Uh, across, be up and down the border, I think. I oh, think okay, up and down okay. the border is my understanding. Um, well, yeah. look, that's that's fine. Like, I, I I don't mind who we play or where we play or you know just roll a ball out, let us go. Um, it, it's definitely. I mean, we had dates. We knew it was going to be around mid-November. Um, so we're building towards. As I said, like we got eight guys in the gym at the moment, um, and. Uh, only one of those guys is new to the club. So um, as far as the teaching points, you know, seven weeks is still plenty of time to get ready for the season proper. As far as teaching points to get ready for preseason, you know, these guys are pretty well oiled. Um, it's really just the defensive side we're going to continue to, to really harp on, which was most of our preseason last year, but it's certainly going to take up the majority of this year. So it's the area we'll look to get better. Look forward to meeting those teams wherever they schedule us. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, good luck. For the season ahead, man. Good luck for pre-season into the season and trying to take that next step this year. No worries, Liam. I appreciate that. And just um, before I go, just a shout out to our fans and our members and to thank them for, for getting on board. Um, you know, we've missed them. Um, even the last month of last season, we didn't get to see them and get around them. So um, hopefully we get a little home game snuck in there in the preseason here in, uh, at the State Basketball Centre and we get to reconnect with them. So we miss them terribly and we want to we want to be uh, in front of them as soon as possible. Well said. Cheers, man. Thanks, man.